Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. You know, about three times a year in New York, uh, there is a uh, program for the press called the Consumer Products Event. It's uh, run by a woman named Allison Dutch, and it brings together uh, entrepreneurs who have products uh, they want to present to the press. Uh, And in the the latest program, version of that a couple of weeks ago, uh, there's always interesting uh, ideas and products, and one of the most interesting uh, is Brady Pack, and uh, it's uh, the woman who runs the company and who came up with the idea is Karen Cooney, and I like the the idea of the hat so much that I invited her to to join us tonight. Karen, welcome to the program. Thank you for inviting me. Well, uh, we're going to get into what your product is, but as we do with every one of our guests, I want to ask you a little bit about your own uh, background, personally, before we get into the product. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I live in New Jersey. I'm originally from New York. Um, I'm a mother of two children, married, married. I've been a hairdresser all my life, but I have ideas every day. I'm always coming up with something. Inventions, they just pop into my head, and I've always thought of something. I've never done anything about it. And I said, just tell me how to do something about it. So that's how I came up with my idea. Well, you came up with a lot of ideas. But uh, tell us first about your product, uh, Brainy Pack, so our audience, uh, and they also... um, We'll be able to see it um, uh, during the show. But tell us a little bit about your product. Okay, my product is a super cool hat, water-resistant pocket designed to hold any of your valuable belongings. It fits an iPod, a cell phone. Um, it's great for the beach, for the pool, walking. You can hold your all your stuff and not have to have pockets if you don't have any pockets. And I invented this when my daughter was like three years old and I was in a water park and I wanted something to keep my, the sun out of my eyes and to hold my stuff because I didn't want to keep it on the chair and somebody might steal it and put it in a, I didn't want to put it in the locker. So that's when I thought of this hat with pockets. And, you know, it's been a long process, but I finally, my dream's finally coming true. It was a lot of hard work, but now I have it up there. Well, that's what we want to talk about. You came up with an idea. So what was the first thing? uh, You had an idea. What what was the first thing uh, you did after you saw the idea? I kept thinking about it, driving my family crazy, talking about it every night, every day. Well, the first thing I actually did was Google it to see if it existed. You know, once you have an idea, you have to see if it's out there first. You don't want to infringe on anybody else's um, idea because that's not a good thing. Um, but there was, wasn't much out there that was just like the one, my hat because my hat, you can fit a cell phone um, and an iPod. So I Googled it, and then I, 
you know, found a patent lawyer, and I found somebody to help me manufacture it. And then, you know, it took a lot of prototypes to get to the exact one. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. Well, we to know that. Invention. That's why we have this program. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did you sell the, sell the first prototypes yourself? Um, actually, yeah, I, I did kind of make one myself and, you know, then I tested it out and I actually showed people and, um, then when I had one kind of made, but wasn't perfect yet, I would actually go out in the street after I was patent pending when it was safe to actually show people and, you know, random people in the parks, you know, would you buy this? If you saw this in the store, would you buy it? You know, I see people walking, holding their cell phone holding their iPod, they have their keys in their socks, you know, or they have the old-fashioned belly pouch, and I say, would you buy this? And, you know, mo- mostly everybody said if they saw it, they would buy it. So then I went and went forward to go to the next level of getting the perfect prototype. Um, so you went out and researched, and you did something very few do. You actually asked people with a prototype, huh? Yes, I did. I even went into stores. And I said, you know, would you be interested in selling this after it was the finished product? And I would describe what it was going to look like, which was kind of premature to do because they're looking at something that's not finished yet. But I figured, you know, let me try. So I I actually went into stores and showed uh, the managers and had cards made up and said this should be finished in like six months. I'll come back with the finished product. And they said, please come back and, you know, well, uh, one thing I admire about entrepreneurs is they're not afraid to go out and ask uh, ask people. Uh, did, did, did anybody put, throw you out of the store? No. <laughs> no, they never no? They didn't throw me out. No. They actually well, gave so me an honest, honest opinion. Well, um, did you make any modifications when people talked to you about it? Did, did someone give you a suggestion that you were able to incorporate? Yeah, actually, people did. You know, they said, oh, you should, you know, do this, that. Um, you know, a couple people said, um, you know, add on, you know, or maybe. You know, they've given me a few ideas. They've given me a few ideas. But like I said, it took like five prototypes back and forth to get to the right one. You know, well, I'm talking two years. It takes a long time. Well, yes, that is true. But now yeah. let's go on. You had an idea. You said, uh, how did you go about uh, sourcing um, people to actually construct the uh, uh, the finished product? Well, I I was lucky to find somebody that was trustworthy. I, I guess you'd call, kind of call him my middleman, and he's my rep middleman, and he's in Florida. Um, and thank God for him because he was the one who went and, you know, gave me some ideas and made it reality and actually, you know, uh, drew up his design. People drew up my design and back and forth on the computer with pictures. And I would get one prototype, and I'd say, no, this doesn't work. The cell phone doesn't fit in here not comfortable we have to make the pockets bigger so he said let's add gusset so we had the gusset and i mean it doesn't fit the largest cell phone on the market i mean you could fit it in the top if you had to but i like it on the side i think it's better on the side and you don't really feel the weight of it 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 really serves the purpose if you're going out on the boat or you're in the beach and you you want to put your feet in the water and you don't want to leave it in the sand and but yes it did take a couple of times to get it right and this this guy helped me a lot. I was lucky to find somebody. How did you find them? Um, just through going on the computer, actually, just googling different. Um, I would just Google how to get your products in stores, and it just popped up. And I was afraid to just go with anybody, but I did, and I just got lucky. So, you so know? you found somebody in Florida. Can you tell us his name? Give him a plug? Yeah, it's called Source Direct. And his name is Ed Morrow. 
and he's in Palm Harbor, Florida, and he, you know, you, you, you call him up and he, he wants to see a sample of some sort and his design team will draw it up and they send you a CD uh, with, you know, three-dimensional pictures and then you go from there. And, you know, anybody can just, you know, go with an idea there and, and he'll help you with it. Okay. Well, uh, you, you said you, you liked him. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that just take your money and run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful. you got to be careful. Well, how did you and, vet him? Uh, what? How did you vet him? How did you decide to go with him? Just a gut feeling, actually. You know, well, I just, you know, sometimes you, you have to be very careful out there because there's a lot of companies where they're going to charge you, like, a lot of money, just and they don't really do anything. And he didn't charge me well, a lot of money to start. Well, well, let's go on and talk a little bit about that. How are you financing this operation? I'm by myself. Just my savings So you're self-financing? <laughs> I'm self-financing, yes. Okay. How long have you been on the market? Uh, I just actually got my product in um, August, last okay. August. I got the bulk of my um, my product, and I'm keeping it in his warehouse because I got a lot of product. So he's he's holding it for me, and when I need it, he ships it out. Well, all right. You got the product. You got it satisfied. Now, uh, you got it in the warehouse, but now how are you selling it? I have a website. Um, I have so I have a website on my car. He is going to put me on Amazon, um, and he's going to contact a lot. Of, he goes to a lot of um, uh, shows, and he takes the people's products, and he shows them to these different, different manufacturers a couple times a year. And he shows it to them. Um, he said that would be good for a lot of catalog sales. I just got into a Johnson and um, Smith catalog. I'm going to be in that catalog in February, which is like an, the oldest catalog on the market, I hear. Um, What's the name of it? Johnson and Smith. It's it's also uh -huh. called Things You Never Thought Existed. It's a novelty catalog. You know, it's kind of crazy stuff, different stuff that you don't really ordinarily see in a store. So I'm going to be in that catalog in February. That, that should be interesting. So I'm excited about that. Uh, are, you, is it, are you also in stores? A few stores. Because um, doing it by yourself is hard. It's hard to get to the buyers. You know, like the little mom-and-pop stores. I'm in a couple of stores, but to get to the big stores like Bath and Beyond and Dick's and all those big stores, you, that's 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 the problem I'm having. I can't just walk, you can't just walk in there and say, "Oh, let me see the manager or the buyer." You know, you want to try these hats. It's, it's very difficult. I'm sure other people have said that too, and I've heard it's very difficult to just walk into a big franchise store like that. You have to contact them, send them. I've been sending. Uh, samples. I just sent a sample to Spencer Gifts the other day. Mm -hmm. um, I sent a sample to the KOA Campgrounds today. You know, KOA Campgrounds, they're all over the U.S. Right. That's yeah, a great camping. place for it. Yeah. Um, and my middleman is going to send, he's, he's going to shoot out a price sheet to every resort in the United States with clothing optional resorts. <laughs> we had a... One, right? <laughs> right? Who no, wouldn't want a hat with pockets? Right? Well, it's <laughs> ironic because we had um, uh, uh, one of the leading spokesperson for the nudist colonies. Uh, she markets for them on our program about a year ago. And... Uh, now, the upshot of it is they invited uh, invited me down, but I'm not a clo clothing option of guy. Uh, <laughs> but 
But that's a great one. Um, it is, because what do you do with your stuff? Mm-hmm. We have no clothes on. <laughs> well, um, I'm also going to give you a lead because my sister-in-law is uh, a buys product for uh, a group of catalogs that uh, uh, it may fe- uh, uh, that they might be interested in it because it's the type of product. Um, uh, I'll email you her email um, uh, after the program. Uh, as I was listening to you, I thought it would make a great product. But can you um, also monogram it uh, for, like, a resort? Uh, oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Somebody could – I'm going to have to add that onto my website. That's my next project. Because um, I did find somebody here in New Jersey, uh, you know, the more you do, the cheaper it is type of deal, you know, um, to monogram. You know, like if a, if a, a company like a Pepsi-Cola – for example, wants to get right. them out to, at, a, at, at the um, the corporate um, picnic or something, you know, and we're doing 100 of them, you know, then it would be less expensive, of course. But, yes, I can monogram anything they want on the hat. You know, but it's well, not on my uh, website. I have to add that in. I have well, to add that in. Entrepreneurs don't uh, don't have enough time for everything. They have to do it oh, that's sequentially. True. That's true. Well, what have you learned from your experiences? Um, you know what i I am so passionate about my hat that I you know I'm, I talk about it constantly, and my family is just like they laugh at me because that's all I talk about. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, it's a lot of luck and timing. And I guess real-life experiences is the best teacher in being an entrepreneur. Um, You know, you talk to other people in the same situation. And, you know, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. You know, people think, oh, I'm going to invent this, and let me go out there, I'm going to make a million dollars. It is not like that at all. You know, it's a lot of work, and... You just have to get up every day and be positive and say, you know, today it's going to be something good. You know, I'm going to get it out there and, you know, you got to be passionate about it. And most people that well, I know who invented something are the same. Go ahead. Keep going. You're doing great. Yeah, but that's it's true, though. You know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's fun, though. I, you know, well, this is my, you know, just just to think it's just my idea, and I just want to go out there and just show everybody. I mean, I can't live without it. I walk my dog in the park. I don't have pockets in certain pants, and I put my key in my pocket. I put my doggy poop bags. I put my cell phone, and I just go, and I don't have to carry anything except my dog leash. You know, it's, and I'm watching people walking, and, I just feel like going up to them and saying, why are you holding all your stuff? Here, why don't you buy my hat? <laughs> you know? Uh, they probably look at you, this being New Jersey, they probably look at you as if you're crazy. Yeah, sometimes they do. But, you know, most people, you know, they tell me, oh, you should go on the Shark Tank. That's a great idea. Because I did, I've, oh, also, another thing, you get involved in... Um, you know, once people have product, you get get involved in going to uh, trade shows. You know, you look them up; they're all over the place. You know, you put a booth up. You know, you have to pay for it. You got to get it out there. You got to spend money to make money. Um, you do a booth at like the pet expo shows or the dog show or the um, you know a boating show. Or I did something for breast cancer in Long Branch, New Jersey, a couple of weeks ago. I sold ten hats in four hours. I put the breast cancer logo on a few hats. Everybody came up to me. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, that's so cool. You should go on the shark tank. You should go on the shark tank. I said, they can show me. Well, two questions on that. Uh, what made you decide to go to the, uh, uh, to the product showcase? What? To, to go? What do you mean? Uh, to, no, to Allison's show. The show that we met at. Oh, okay. I did that two years ago. But, like I said, you do make some mistakes and some costly mistakes, you know, being an inventor. And I have to say I've made a couple of costly mistakes. Um, 
I did the thing with Allison two years ago, and I wasn't quite ready for it, but I was just so excited that oh, even though it's not the perfect prototype yet, somebody might see it and like it and want to change it or buy my idea and make it their way. You know, I I really didn't know what I was doing back then. You know, you live and learn. So I didn't have the right prototype, and, you know, people still, you know, liked it, but it was, like I said, it wasn't ready. I, I wasn't ready. So, um, you know, but it was an experience. I learned a lot. And then this time I actually won a free booth. Um, on the customer, the consumer product events. Um, I saw it on Facebook. They said, be the next caller and you can win. And I actually won a free booth at the Morton Steakhouse where I met you. So uh-huh. I was like, oh, because yeah, it's, it's expensive to do that. So I was like, oh, it's free. I might as well do it. So I, you know, I figured I have the product now. I have product to give away, you know, because you're going to have to give a lot of hats away to the reporters. Um but it was, it's exciting because you're in the city and you're meeting all these people from the TV shows and, you know, um, you know, when I met well, you there and I got on the radio. <laughs> well, the name of your product is Brainy Pack, right? Am I pronouncing Brainy- it correctly? Yes. P A C. Brainy. Your your website. People want to go there. Uh, www.brainypack, but P-A-C. Okay, but spell spell it out. This is radio. Spell out the whole um, the the whole website title. www.brainypac.com. Have you? uh, uh, You said earlier you got a patent on it. It's patent pending. pending on it. Patent patent pending. Um, yeah. How did you come up? How did you come up with the name? Um, actually, my brother-in-law thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> on Christmas, we all, I was like, "All right, everybody, got to give me a name for my hat." So my brother-in-law thought of it. So I, I guess yeah. I owe him one. I owe him. Well, you said you've made some mistakes. What, what mis- give us a, one or two examples of the mistakes you made, because we often learn from other people's mistakes. You know what? You get so excited about it, and you rush into things without without thinking, and that's the mis- that's one mistake I made. Is you know, you know, I also did another show in Pittsburgh, and you know that cost a pretty penny, and that um, I didn't have the right prototype. And, you know, it wasn't finished yet, actually. I couldn't, I'm couldn't. i not going to say the right prototype. It wasn't a finished product. And I should have waited to the finished product and then went out there and spent a lot of money to do a booth. Um, so I guess, you know, rushing into everything and doing your homework, you know, I should have got more information on certain things and, you know, just not to rush into everything and ask other people maybe if you, you know, find other people that had an invention and is in stores, you know, that would be a great one. Well, um, not, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's all. That's, that's the only pretty mistake. I guess that's the only mistake I made is just rushing into something without really looking investigating it more. Um, yeah. Brady Pack, how much is it retail for? Nineteen ninety nine. Mhm. Well, that's um, that, that's well in the uh, price range. How did you come up with your price? Um. Well, you got to figure out how much it costs to make it. Um, can I talk about that or no? Uh, absolutely. I didn't know it's your program. Say. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, obviously it's made in China. I did try to do made in America. I really did. But it was just way too expensive. Um, I mean, Disney World has hats are made in China, you know. So, um, so I guess it's about $3 
and change, you know, with shipping and with everything. You know, so I, my middleman, without my middleman, I'd be lost because he's the one who helped me figure out. I, I assumed that's about the price. Nineteen ninety nine is about a fair price. And if I sell it to stores, it's sold for about 10 or $12. If somebody buys more product, it's less money. You know, to a well, store. Well, how did you come up with the price point of nineteen ninety five? Nineteen ninety nine. I don't know. It sounds better. Instead of saying $20, it seems like it's more money. But why not fourteen ninety five or $99? Uh, another pr- price point. And you must have had a reason for doing it. Well, I don't know. I think that's I think that's a fair price. I mean, because it's, it's a good quality hat, and it's water resistant. Well, I know that. I wear it occasionally. Yeah. Did you put stuff in it? You put your valuables in it? I, well, I put my phone in it. And was it comfortable? Uh, 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 you wouldn't be on the program if it wasn't a good product. <laughs> okay, I just want. I just. I'm just curious. I mean, it depends on um, everybody. Depends on what kind of phone you have. But um, 19.99 just seemed like the right price to do. Again, it's a question we we ask people because pricing is a, a critical um, uh, a factor. We're getting close to the, uh, the end of our time, so okay. uh, tell tell the audience again. Um, uh, where they can uh, find the product? Um, on my website, on www.brainy, B-R-A-I-N-Y, P-A-C, dot com. And you can buy... Well, we're going to invite... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, if somebody wants something on there, I would put it on there for them. Um, it's It might cost a little bit more money, though, if you're going to put a logo, you know, or... You know, something, a picture or a name or something. Like three, it's going to cost like three dollars more. But you know, I guess if somebody calls from this TV show, from this radio show, I wouldn't charge them for it to put a logo on it. How's that? Now that's smart marketing. Yeah, that's you got to be no. like that. <laughs> uh. You said for 20 years you were a hairdresser. Did I hear you right? Yes. Well, you must have learned how to handle customers in that time. Oh, yeah. I've seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, as old as I get, I, I always find, find I always learn something new every day. But, Karen, thank you so much for being on the program tonight. Uh, we want you to come back in 2000. 15 and tell us how you're doing thank you and i really appreciate you having me well uh, uh you've been one of our more interesting guests and thank <laughs> you so much for for being with us thank you very much and have a good night you too that was karen cooney and uh, uh she has a great product and we're so glad she was she's with us our, our guest today is, is someone that we ran across at a, a, a press preview show and we thought was the most Im- impressive uh, offering at the show. So we naturally invited Bo, Bo Lauren to join us. Uh, uh, Bo is founder, creative director, uh, chief window washer of Ace Rivington uh, Clothes. Bo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Don. Thank you for having me, and it was it was a pleasure meeting you guys back in New York, and I'm really excited to be a part of the show. Well, uh, we always ask our guests to tell us a little bit about how they got to this journey of running their own business. Wow, that's that's a good story from from this end, and you know, it definitely took uh, a lot of years and a lot of steps. Uh, you know, I'll give you the short version, but. You know, kind of my background, um, from early on, my focus and interest was actually architecture. And back in uh, in June of 1997, my best friend offered me a job to get paid between 5 and $6 an hour to get 2% of his screen printing company. 
and the next morning um, I went into some stores and I was looking at brands and I was thinking to myself, you know what, these apparel guys are smart, but they're not any smarter than I am. I can do the same thing. So I shifted gears to pursue fashion uh, as as an education and I hustled. You know, um, I just worked really hard to, to meet folks and to get opportunities and that started me in um, sort of the big box retail world when I was uh, at the beginning of my career, leading me all the way up to uh, to the launch of Ace Rivington last last uh, November. And really, it came down to finding a fabric and identifying that as something that inspired me that I wanted to start the brand with, and then. Uh, you know, nowadays with crowdfunding, that made the most sense for me to to get started in a small way with building a product, building a concept, and launching it online. And we did that, and we were very fortunate and very successful um, in our campaign on Kickstarter. And, uh, you know, we sold about 600 sweatshirts and you know, and that was proof of concept to really take the next steps with building the business. Well, I have a lot of questions, but we'll first start w- with one uh, a Kickstarter campaign, which is uh, very uh, of great interest to our audience, according to uh, our, our emails. Um, what did you find good about the uh, uh, Kickstarter program type program? And um, what did you find bad about it? You know, um, the good part definitely was the outreach. And from a support standpoint on Kickstarter, once they saw the traction that we began to create through the business, they also started marketing um, our campaign, and and that was fantastic. Uh, Another good thing was the support that came from – from the selling community, you know, we received a lot of direct outreach from uh, from blogs and from people who were interested in promoting our product and supporting the product. That was was incredibly exciting uh, and created a lot of a lot of opportunity for us um, in sales, which was great. I think one of the the challenging things was, you know, with the start of any business, it's just understanding. Um, how much goes into the back end of actually fulfilling the product. And uh, and those were really lessons that we had to pick up on our own as far as understanding how to process the orders, how to you know move the information through our accounting software, how to get it shipped, how many could we ship in a day. You know, all of those challenges were uh, were lessons that we got after we completed the Kickstarter project and, and uh Moved, in, moved into actually fulfilling it. Um, I'd say all in all, it was, a, it was an amazing experience, and it certainly was exciting. Uh, you know, I think the only negative is actually, you know, those real-world, real-life lessons that you need to get when you're actually doing the process. And, you know, Kickstarter can't hold your hand through, uh, through what it takes to actually get it done they can just kind of create the platform for you to understand uh, who's been successful at doing it. And if you want to model after those people uh, or learn from different people to kind of build your own concept, you know, that's a great way of going also. Well, how did you generate the initial people uh, in Kickstarter? We'll get to your company, but you're you're a successful one, and I know it's of great interest. How did you go out and generate the initial surge that got them interested? You know, I'd say, um, you know, all the way back to those days of deciding to pursue fashion, and, you know, one of the first things I did was I, I made business cards, and I pass them out with my pager number back in 1997 and uh, you know I hit up probably a thousand people in the time I was at fashion school with those business cards telling people I was a fashion designer and with that you know it's really just about promoting yourself and what you're doing and from that I built you know a really solid foundation um, through my social network between LinkedIn uh, Facebook 
uh, Instagram and different platforms just to get people excited about who I was as a person. And, you know, I've worked really hard to, uh, to nurture and develop relationships throughout my career and my life. Um, so a lot of those folks were helpful in supporting me in my campaign. I'd say probably 20% of the, uh, of the campaign supporters I actually know, which was fantastic. And it's incredible to think just from having the right product that, you know, that all of those other folks who I've never met before from all over the world were uh, interested and compelled to, um, to support me by buying the product on Kickstarter. Well, um, how long have you been in business? You, you, that sounds as if you were, uh, you've been a long time in business. How long have you had this company? You know, um, that's a great question, and it was actually uh, November 11th of last year that was my last day at my previous job. November 20th, we were incorporated. December 23rd, we launched on Kickstarter. January 27th, we were successfully funded at over 200% to goal. So it hasn't even been a year yet, although approximately three and a half years ago, three and a half to four years ago, I spent about four months you know, just nights and weekends uh, from my day job uh, building out the business plan for the concept. And I put together about a 100-page business plan that uh, that started just with Post-its that I slapped up on a wall, you know, to begin kind of figuring out what I wanted to do, and that evolved and evolved and evolved. So that foundation guided me in knowing that I had a business model to build off of, and really, the sweatshirt was was the first product, you know, and, and that was the thing I needed, you know. I needed to find the right product that I could launch the brand with, and, and the sweatshirt was perfect for me. How did you uh, settle on a, a, a sweatshirt? You know, it was, a, it, was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting experience. I was actually in Los Angeles working on a sourcing project with my previous employer, and I came across... Uh, this fabric quality, and I've worked in apparel for almost 18 years now, and I've seen a lot of fabrics, and when I saw this fabric, it definitely jumped out at me, and to tell you the truth, the fabric told me I had to make a sweatshirt out of it. (laughs) It was this just amazing, uh, super lofty, homespun-feeling French terry, and I took a cutting of this fabric. I kept it in my pocket for, for almost two weeks, and, you know, I was thinking about what I was doing, thinking, 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 and whenever I needed the confidence in knowing that I was on the right path, I'd just reach in my pocket and I would rub my fingers across that fabric. And finally one day I sat down with my boss and I said, you know what, you know, I'm super fortunate for the opportunity to be here, you know, I really enjoy what I'm doing, but I think I'm going to split. And I packed up my car, I drove home to my wife, and I said, sweetheart, and I dangled that little swatch in front of her, and I said, sweetie, this is our future. <laughs> I just quit my job, and uh, so needless to say, there's been some, some very exciting points for us in the last uh, in the last year, and you know, and back to the proof of concept with building that Kickstarter campaign, selling those sweatshirts, getting that out there, that was really, that was really the understanding that this thing could could go someplace, and that was proof of concept for me to go back to her and say, "Sweetie, we need to look at selling our home to make sure that the big picture can happen." And it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. You know, we're we're very excited to be on this adventure, and you know, believe in where Ace Rivington is going. It's definitely a fun project. Well, I have to ask the question: Are you still married? <laughs> yeah, and thank you. And uh and when I when I dangled that fabric in front of her, we were actually 6 months pregnant. Oh boy. Uh, and 2 months into just having purchased a new home. So, you know, needless to say no shortage of of pressures. Um uh, but it's unbelievable. And just to be able to uh to be listening to the baby monitor at one o'clock in the morning when I'm downstairs in the studio you know, talking to India or working with, you know, my suppliers around the world, uh, 
you know, to run upstairs and, and, you know, be with the baby or my young, my oldest daughter, you know, it's, it's amazing to be here. The, the value that comes with being at home and being close to be able to support the family is unbelievable. Um, it certainly takes a balance in being able to focus on certain things at certain times and then take care of the family at other times. But, um, but I, I'm kind of in my groove and, uh, I just, I'm so happy with uh, with where things are headed, you know, and just really excited about these opportunities. Well, you know, when you start a business, it's like jumping off a cliff and hoping somebody <laughs> builds a swimming pool just before you land. Yeah, I just the swimming pool's down there. I know the pool's there. I'm not sure if it's full of water or not. <laughs> the pool's there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, and you know, it's definitely. Uh, not without risks uh, and challenges, but um, but I've had this vision, you know, for for a number of years that uh, that I could come up with a concept. And part of part of what's helping me with my success today is it goes back to the network and back to building the relationships with uh, you know with like-minded people who work hard and are experts in their fields. And today, I'd say there's somewhere between one and, I mean, there's probably 10 people that are helping me between one and 30 hours a week. Uh, And all of these folks are experts in their fields or in their specific roles. And, you know, and everybody believes that this thing is going someplace. and, uh, And I'm the first person to say that. And it's just, it's neat to be able to be building this vision but really the most important thing is the team. And for all of the people who are helping, there's no way that I could be at the point that I'm at without, uh, without the support, you know, guidance, um, participation, and, and, you know, and blood, sweat, and tears that, that all of the folks on the team are putting in as well. Well, let's talk about uh, what is unique about your company well, the, the the biggest thing is it's actually a new business model. It's called a branded content model. And what we've done is we've come up with a concept of a character. And for me, uh, in all of the opportunities that I've had throughout my career to study and learn about different businesses and to get to work for different folks, you know, one of the things that was really important for me was understanding that I'm definitely not the most interesting person in the world, and I wanted to create a character who was. You know, so this person could be the sort of figurehead of the brand. I'm not the, I'm not the in front of the camera guy. I'm the, you know, I like to organize and develop. So, I came up with this character, Ace Rivington, who I worked with, you know, with one other friend on who helped me kind of flesh out the concepts, the story, and the direction. And uh, and in that, Ace is an unbelievable character. He grew up on a fly-in fishing camp in the Aleutians, learned to fly when he was 12, flying solo when he was 14, sailed himself down to Panama from Alaska, up the Atlantic to the Naval Academy where he went to school to learn to be a fighter pilot. And that was kind of the foundation of his life. Today he flies a private jet around the world and gets into all different kinds of adventures. Uh, he carries the same attention to detail in his flying that he does in his clothing and how he wears it. And Ace wears Ace Rivington clothing, fashion basics that don't go out of style. And that that's kind of, it says a lot about me. So in my apparel um, experience, my design experience working for big companies and, uh, you know, all the years that I've learned about building product, what came what always resonated with me was product that was easy to wear that doesn't go out of style. And I wanted to do that with a little twist, you know, to make it special enough, uh, but not to make it difficult to understand because you got to look cool, but, you know, but you don't need to wear the of the moment thing. This, the product I make has to be cool in my closet for 10 years. You know, so at any point you can just bring it back out and it works. So I I kind of merged these two concepts, the concept of 
you know, a character who had his own story and the concept of, you know, a full apparel collection and brought them together. So with this branded content model, you know, it's about the Ace Rivington world. And well, let me stop you right there. And ask, uh, what is your website? So people are listening, they can go there and, and see what I saw. Excellent. It's acerivington.com, A-C-E-R-I-V-I-N-G-T-O-N.com, acerivington.com. And we've got our first product on there, our launch product, the sweatshirt, that we're actually offering in six different colorways, and sorry, seven different colorways. And, uh, and then we've got our full collection that's coming out in October, uh, everything from, you know, pants, jackets, denim, uh, We've got footwear that we're going to be selling with some big brand collaborations that we're doing, you know, and a bunch of fun accessories. Uh, you know, it's the full gamut of product that Ace would need to wear any place in the world. Well, uh, but also, don't you have the backstory of, of all of this we do. on your site? We do. Yeah, and right now it's it's about the launch of where kind of Ace is getting started. So it's being set up as well as a catalog business. Our first catalog is launching in October, and it's also about sort of the destination. So Ace starts this adventure in Hollywood, and uh, we've got some of the story of where, you know, kind of Ace is flying into the city and, and what he's thinking about the people and the, the places that he's visiting and getting all tangled up in his story. It's, it's a neat place to, uh, to get started. So with this destination guide, you know, it kind of takes you through Ace's backstory and where he's headed in the adventure. Well, uh, well now let's go to the products themselves um, because the reason you're on this program is uh, our editor, who is quite knowledgeable in this area, said uh, you have quality. Uh, what she was impressed with was the quality and the direction of it. How do you obtain that quality? You know, um, I've got I gotta lean on the uh, the years of experience to help me understand the kind of product that I wanted to make. And you know, I wanted to I wanted to come out with a brand that was uh, within contemporary price points and you know affordable, uh, but with great quality. And part of that is building the right fabrics. Part of it is using the right manufacturers, uh, and part of it's doing the right finishing. And from the you know the nearly 18 years that I've been in this business, I've come up with uh, with a nice list of manufacturers and suppliers around the world who have gotten to see me develop in my career. These folks believe in me; they believe in where I'm going, and they were the first ones to raise their hands and say, "Let's give you a hand, bow. Let's help you out with with." making this product so you know i've got everything from woven shirts i'm, I'm making woven shirts uh, i've got you know the homespun french terry collection denim chinos and so on for for the sweatshirts that we're actually producing we're making them in los angeles we're actually milling the fabric in los angeles we're producing the garments in la and believe it or not we're actually washing the garments twice before they get into the consumer's hands um there's something real important for me about fit, and there's nothing that upsets me more than going and finding a great product and bringing it home, and you know, and finding that it's been washed and you know, and now it's smaller or it's shrunk. And you know, so I took great lengths with that with our sweatshirt to start to make sure that um, that I would correct those issues before they they happen for the consumer. So. You know, back to the quality issue, it's just about it's about knowing the right suppliers, it's about having the right background and understanding, and um, that applied experience is invaluable for for being able to, um, to do what I've done. You know, um, just knowing the right places to go, knowing the right questions to ask, those things alone have helped me so much in, um, in getting this business off the ground. Well, let's talk about price point. You say um, uh, you said about the right price point. How did you arrive at what you consider the right price point? You know, it was a lot of it was a lot of studying, and 
if you think about something like a car, for example, and if you're in the market for buying a car, you know, you go through the list from, from top to bottom of all the kinds of brands and, and model types that you think you're interested in, and you probably narrow down to a few models that you think uh, you're most attracted by, you know, and you're attracted by those models for specific reasons, because of their price, because of their quality, because of their features, and I did that same exercise with the entire collection to figure out the price points, quality, features that I wanted to be able to have in my products. So, you know, there's no uh, no secrets about looking at brands out there that that are successful in their business models. And there's definitely some inspiring companies who have worked hard over the years to get to a certain point that uh, that I aspire to be like. And in that, you know, they've actually helped me identify the price points. Uh, within the contemporary marketplace uh, where I want to sit, you know, because I'd like to be able to have, uh, you know, a broad target market come to buy my product, uh, but I want to make sure that I can give them the best quality possible. So, you know, our sweatshirts are not inexpensive at $98, but there's an enormous amount of value, especially for a made in Los Angeles product within the sweatshirt. Uh, our, our beautiful woven shirts that, you know, are made of uh, 60s singles, you know, 100% cotton ring spun yarn construction, which is a real, a real special way of saying nice, soft uh, shirting. We're making those shirts in India, and I've got great suppliers there who are helping me with that. So from 58 to $68 for our woven shirts, you know, it's, it's a reasonable product. We've got beautiful, uh, super soft um, washed T-shirts that we're making in Portugal, and we're retailing those guys at $34. So, you know, kind of a nice range of product, you know, and in addition to the bottoms that we're doing, you know, we're also working on some, some neckties, bow ties, pocket squares. Um, you know, we've got a broad range of, of special products that, uh, that we're bringing into the collection. And for all of them, we're trying to keep it uh, at the most reasonable price point we can. Well, are you, are you um, going, trying to go into uh, uh, retail outlets as well? You know, we're definitely taking small steps in that direction. Uh, we met with a number of retailers uh, recently, and, you know, in, in that, you know, we're starting to look at small specialty boutiques who we can participate with to get in their stores to be uh, – to be a part of the story that they're helping to tell for us. And, you know, and that's important. You know, I'm not looking for, uh, I'm not looking for big wholesale partners yet, uh, not until year five. Um, but in the short term, we really want to build the relationship with, uh, with those small specialty boutiques out there that are a good fit for the brand and um, to help tell Ace's story and also to help promote the businesses of those stores you know, where we'll send out a banjo player and a keg and have a little event in their store and get their customers excited about the Ace Rivington brand. That's definitely, definitely something that we have on our radar. But the direct consumer selling is also a very important part of it. Um, that affords me the ability to pay for that keg and that, you know, and that banjo player at that little wholesale store and to keep the lights on. Um, there's, there's a lot of uh, benefits that come from the direct uh, selling model, and that's certainly something that we want to take advantage of today. Well, uh, are you doing this all on your own, or have you found uh, partners? You know, currently, uh, from a financial standpoint, my partner is my unbelievable wife, and you know, and what we're doing is we're taking the steps to build this business uh, to be sustainable, to develop. Uh, at this point, you know. Um, with the support of the right marketing and right steps we're taking to create brand awareness and internally from uh from a growth and development standpoint you know we've got a, a really incredible foundation of um support from the team and you know it again it must be between one it's about 10 people right now who are helping me um between one and 30 hours a week depending on what their specific uh role is and that's unbelievable. So, 
it's all about the foundation. And, you know, I'm excited for us to get to a point with the business development to be able to look at what the next steps uh, for financing are going to need to be. But I'm also hoping from a cash flow standpoint that we're able to uh, develop this into a sustainable model that doesn't require uh, any, you know, any big cash infusions uh, because we're able to just keep it floating from, you know, from our internal sales. And that's where products like the sweatshirts are so important. Uh, the Ace Rivington Homespun Sweatshirt, or Homespun French Terry Sweatshirt, is, uh, is what we're targeting to be approximately half of our business for this year. So, you know, it's got, we've got quick response on uh, development out of Los Angeles, and we're really um, staging that to be something that, uh, that we can get fulfilled in our inventory in a quick way. And we're also looking at scheduling out our marketing to coincide with, uh, with our in-stock positions. So, you know, the last thing that I want to do is send out a bunch of marketing without having inventory on hand to support, you know, the fulfillment. So we're looking at all those things to, um, to try to be the best service possible for our customers and, you know, and to get people as excited as possible about uh, supporting the brand. And the name in your website again for our uh, listeners? The the name of the website is acerivington.com, A-C-E-R-I-V-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. And we're also really out there on social media. So between Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Tumblr, Google+, uh, we're, on, uh, we're on all of those platforms. And the fun thing that we're doing with social media is we're telling little pieces of Ace's story in slightly different ways across different platforms. So following us on Twitter and following us on Facebook, you might learn different things about the brand as the story continues to unfold. We're talking with Bo uh, Lauren. It's Ace Rivington. Uh, it's a, fa- a fantastic product. Um, but more importantly, it's an interesting story, and that's why he's here. Thank, uh, any last words, Bo, for our audience? Thanks, Don. I'd like to say that, you know, that this is definitely uh, a passion project. You know, Ace Rivington as a character, you know, as this inspiring pilot who flies all over the world to get, and gets into these adventures, you know, with a twist on romance and treasure hunting and, you know, uh, a little bit of humor is a really, really fun character. And as a business, our goal is to get the consumers to fall in love with, with Ace Rivington and just to want to be a part of following in his adventure. And in support of that, we've got an incredible apparel collection. You know, at acerivington.com, you can see what we're up to and, uh, and be a part of it. You know, it's really a fun business, and we're definitely telling a great story. It's been great talking with you, Don. I'm really excited to be a part of this. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And uh, come back uh, in the new year and tell us how you're doing. That's great. I'd love to do that. Uh, thank you. What else can I say but uh, go to the website. I think you'll find it as fascinating as I did. That's great, Don. Thank you. AceRivington.com. A-C-E-R-I-V-I-N-G-T-O-N.com. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening. And we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, 
Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can subscribe for any or all of these by going to smallbusinessdigest.net. That's Small Business Digest. Thank you, and have a good day.